When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oppo, featuring SuperVook, lightning quick smartphone charging tech. This is Phoenix Nation on SENZ. Kia ora, welcome, and uh, this is the very last Phoenix Nation. Thanks to Oppo for the season. We wrap the season with, of course, the Phoenix bowing out of the playoffs over in Adelaide last weekend. Coming up on the show, uh, we're going to catch up with Sean Gill, the director of football for the club, talk about uh, signings to come, uh, players that have been let go uh, the season in retrospect. Also, David Dome, the CEO, is going to join us. I'll talk to him about Paul Temple uh, and uh, Giancarlo Italiano being uh, taking the club forward, and, and respectively, in both the men's and women's teams. And uh, David Choate, former All-White, who commentates here on SCNZ on all those Phoenix games, is also going to join us to wrap the season. So all of that and more coming your way. But we start the final Phoenix Nation thanks to Oppo with a brand new signing. Yeah, what a way uh, to kick things off for 2024, uh, to the 2023-2024 season, I should say. Uh, Mohamed Altay is the new signing, and he's on the phone with us now. G'day, Mo. How are you? Hey, man. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, mate. Welcome welcome to the Phoenix. Thank you. Thank you so much. When did you start talking to the club? How, how long has this been in the works? Uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. It happened pretty quick. Um, I heard about the interest and, um, yeah, I didn't hesitate. I was happy to jump on board and hopefully put that jersey on. Yeah, well, that's what we want to see. I mean, uh, obviously Clayton Lewis and Stephen Ugarkovic are moving on from the club, so central midfield is a place they need to strengthen, particularly given they play two sixes, and that is your uh, position of preference. What what appealed about coming to Wellington? Um, to be honest, when um, I heard the plan and uh, I heard Chief was the coach, um, I was very happy to sign up with the, the Knicks. And, um, yeah, the way, obviously, they play and... I think it suits me well, and uh, yeah, I'm very happy to join Wellington. There's, what's the plan? Can you can you let us in? What's 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 happening? Oh no, I mean like the plans, the way they the, the they play, and um, my personal my personal goals as well. And uh, when I spoke to Chief, and yeah, so I just can't wait to get started. Yeah, mate. Uh, I mean, do you know anybody at the club? Players or the guys that you've played with uh, previously, or you know, I know Lucas Moragas. You would know from Newcastle was here on loan this season. I mean, do you, did you sound uh, any of those guys out? Um, no, nah, right now I'm I'm not. Uh, I don't really know anyone. But uh, from what I heard the, from the boys that were at Wellington, they told me it's a very good place and I'll fit in well. And uh, yeah, I just uh, to be honest, can't wait to get started. Well, you're obviously here for the unveiling. When do you actually uh, up sticks and move uh, from Newcastle to, to Wellington? Um, probably coming in um, late June and uh, just to settle in and uh, hopefully get started pre-season early July. Oh, that's good, mate. That's good. Are, you, are you at one of those famous Greek restaurants in Wellington? I can hear plates breaking in the background. 
No, nah, it's just my mum in the kitchen um, just cooking up something. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff, Mo. Uh, all right, let, let's talk about your journey, mate, uh, how you got here, because uh, you originally came through the West Sydney Wanderers uh, set up there. You played 76 games for them at the NPL level. Um, what was that set up like, and, and is, is that where you grew up, Western Sydney? Yeah, yeah, I grew up in uh, southwest Sydney in um, Campbelltown, and um, I came up uh, to the Wonder- Wanderers Academy. And uh, also before that, um, I was at Blacktown City and uh, Marconi. But while I was at Blacktown City, Chiefy was the head of football there, and then that's how I obviously know Chief. Um, he looked after me then. He was very good to me and my family. And um, yeah, so as I came up through the years, I'd see Chief here and there, but then when I heard he's a uh, head coach, I was very happy to sign on board and, um, yeah, hopefully uh, repay the favour he's put in me and, um, yeah, as I said, you know, I'm very keen, I'm very hungry to play and put on that jersey. What's Chiefy like as a coach? Because obviously we've seen him here as an assistant to Ufi, but we haven't seen him outright as a head coach uh, sort of putting his ideas into play. So what's he like to play for and what type of football did he have you playing at Blacktown? Um, to be honest, I was a kid back then, so to be honest, you just get the ball and start running with it. But, <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it as well, you know, but from what I know as a person and um, I've heard his ideas and how he wants to play, and um, yeah, I can't wait. I'm very excited, and um, yeah, just eager to get going. Yeah, no, mate, it's, it sounds good. You've been uh, compared to to Cameron Devlin, who obviously had cult status here before he moved over to Hearts in Scotland. Uh, what does that mean to you? And and is he the type of play? Do you think you're that type of player? Yeah, obviously, um, I'll take it as a compliment. Cammy's a very good player, and um, yeah, we have similar attributes the way we play in midfield but at the end of the day you know I want to be known as my Alte and um, I want to create my own legacy and um, yeah, I, yeah as I said you know we have the same attributes um, we're both ball winners um, I like to do all the dirty work for the defenders behind me and um, I like to control the, the tempo of the game and get the ball moving and when we don't have the ball I like to get stuck in so um, yeah I've seen some highlights of you, mate. You spend a lot of time off your feet. Um, so you, you like to get stuck in, as you say. Um, would, would you say you're a, a more of a ball-winning six? Or, like, you know, we've got, uh, I guess, Alex Roofer is more of a ball-winning six. Or, you know, Clayton Lewis, who's moving on, is kind of more of a, uh, you know, he can win the ball, but he's a bit more of a quarterback or a deep-line playmaker. Yeah, um, the way I'll probably describe myself is, um, yeah, I like, obviously, as you said, I like getting stuck in, um, getting into those 50-50 challenges and um, turning them into my favour. And, yeah, that's the type of person I am. I always work hard and uh, I always put my body on the line for my for my team and um, do everything I can to get a win, get three points. Uh, what was your experience like at Newcastle? Because I see when you went there, I think you got 11 games in your first season, but you didn't get quite so many in this season, just gone. Um, how was was your time at Newcastle, and, and, and what did you learn over your time there? I, I learned a lot. You know, I've gained a lot of experience when I was at Newcastle. Um, uh, obviously, came from Wanderers. I had uh, no first-team experience, but then when I joined Newcastle, I, I learned a lot. You know, I was very patient, and I think when I... When I had my chance, I took it well, and um, yeah, I think I was a very positive player to to the Jets, and uh, I built a good foundation for my career. But now I'm ready for that next step. 
become a regular starter and once I'm in the squad, I, I don't want to lose my spot. So, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for my uh, my time at the Jets, but now I've moved on and I uh, can't wait to get started. Was there something on the table for you at the Jets? I mean, could you have stayed? Um, from what I heard, the... Yeah, they, they were interested in keeping me, but um, my my vision was to obviously come to the come to the Knicks and um, play over here and hopefully um, work for work for a starting eleven spot. And uh, once I have that spot, I'll try my best not to lose it. And uh, yeah, I like to be a very positive person, and um, hopefully we can achieve team success. And uh, also for my personal goals, um, I want to get the best out of my career. And uh, yeah. You you sound uh, every inch a true blue Aussie mo, um, but I understand that you've uh, you've also got um, you know connections to Iraq. Have have you thought about international footy and where you might want to play? Yeah, of course. Um, both my parents are from Iraq. They they came to Australia back in the mid the mid nineties, um, nineteen ninety five, I think it was. And yeah, but I was born and raised here. But growing up, I spoke Arabic and. Uh, I've always had that Iraqi culture in me and um, the way I was brought up and raised, my dad taught me to always um, work hard and uh, never never take anything for granted because um, back there, obviously, they're doing it rough. And um, mm. Yeah, of course, uh, I'd, I'd love to play for Iraq one day and if I, um, if I get the chance, I'll, I'll play with my heart and I'll put my life on the line. But uh, for me, the main focus right now is uh, club football and becoming a better player. But yeah, at the end of the day, I'm... Um, I'm Aussie and Iraqi, but yeah, if that call comes, I'll take it with both hands. Yeah, awesome, man. Awesome. All right, Mo, let's get to know you just uh, a little bit better for those Phoenix fans listening in going, uh, tell me a bit more about um, uh, Mo Altai, mate. Uh, what about uh, Altai? What about when you're a kid? And uh, you know you, you you watching football on the telly. Uh, you you want a uh, somebody's shirt for Christmas with their name on the back. You got a poster on the wall. Who was that player for you that you looked up to growing up? There was a few players, um, but growing up, I'd say my main uh, my main inspiration and role model was um, not really my position, but it was uh, probably Ronaldinho, uh, Zidane. Uh, I loved Maldini. I was always watching his videos when I was a kid before my games. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'd say yeah, Maldini, Zidane, Ronaldinho. There's a lot. Uh, Makaleli, obviously, I, I love watching him now as well and learning how he used to play and. Um, yeah, probably right now my favourite player is uh, Casemiro, and that's who I try to try to play like. And um, yeah. Yeah, so for, uh, McAuley, Claude McAuley, interesting you bring him up because, you know, what we now consider the modern defensive midfield or the modern six, I mean, he's basically th- what that's based on because when he, he sort of came through and was doing what he did, uh, nobody else really was doing that. He kind of reinvented the position yeah. a bit, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why they call it the McAuley role at the end of the day. Um, he was obviously world class, and um, yeah, I, tr- I always watch his videos. I try to learn how he how he plays, and um, yeah, he's a, he's a he's a good role model to have as a six, hundred percent, hundred percent, mate. Uh, you mentioned Casemiro, who as well, obviously at Real Madrid for a long time now, at Manchester United. Have, have you got a team that you followed when you were growing up, watching the footy on the telly? Uh, yeah, when I was growing up, I was more of a Barca fan, um, to be honest. But I've always loved Casemiro. You know the way he plays. Um, he always gets stuck in. He's a he's very passionate, and um, yeah, he's always uh, getting the best out of his teammates. And 
Yeah, he's a, he's a top player, top player. Yeah, top player. I always felt like when he was at Rail, he, he had a, like a cloak of invisibility on when it came to the referees because he got away with a lot of stuff most players wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And obviously he had the two, two goats in front of him, Cruz and Modric, so um, that made life easier for him as well. But yeah, that's that's who I try to play like. Um, he, was a, he was a rock in front of the in front of the defense, and um, yeah, that's that's the that's the player I love. Casemiro, Mo, I like it. I like it. Um, <laughs> you f- feel free to steal that, mate. Feel free to steal that. Uh, what about if you? Uh, what about if you get a uh, a weekend off, mate? No training, no game. You can have a bit of a you know have a bit of a cheat weekend. Uh, what are you getting up to? What are you eating? Um, I'd say my cheat meal. Uh, to be honest, I can't get away from my mum's cooking. It's just too good. Uh, the, the way Iraqis cook is a lot of oil and uh, a lot of carbs. So. Uh, traditional Iraqi food, or maybe I'll just go for probably a zinger box at KFC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, love that, mate. What about what do you you put your feet up? Um, I know you probably watch a lot of football. What about uh, other things? You got a favourite movie or favourite show on Netflix or anything? Uh, favourite show. Uh, to be honest, I've watched a lot of a lot of shows and a lot of movies. Everyone tells me that, but I don't really. I can't really. Say one. I'd, I'd have a top three or top five. It's, it's very hard to put one. Well, give give us a top three then. Top three shows. Yeah. I'd say Power number one, uh, Prison Break, and the third one's the hardest. I'll have to say third one. I'll chuck in Lost or Suits. One of them. One of those, yeah. That's all right. Some good series there, mate. A lot of awards amongst that lot. Uh, what about if I grab your phone now, mate, and, and, and flick through your Spotify? What's what's on your Spotify playlist? Oh, yeah, I love this question. Um, so right now I'm pumping a lot of, um, I don't know if you'd know them, D-Block Europe from uh, the UK, uh, a rap duo, and... I always put a lot of Drake, and I love some old school rappers all. So I'm 50 Cent, Tupac, Biggie, uh, Jay Z, Nas. Uh, right now, also I'm playing a lot of Lil Baby, Lil Durk, J Cole. Yeah, and the list goes on. I'll, I'll, I'll stay here for an hour if you want me to keep going. <laughs> uh, do you do you, uh, do you have you got any aspirations on that front yourself? We're going to get a little mo at some point. Sorry. Well, you got any aspirations on that front yourself? You know, everybody seems to have little in front of their name. Are we going to have a little mo at any point? You know, a rap album? No, no, I don't plan on being a rapper anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, good mo. All right, mate. Uh, last question for you. Um, and given uh, where you grew up, uh, you might have some interesting answers for us. Who's the most famous person you met? Famous person I've met. Um, uh, who would that be? I don't even know, to be honest with you. I probably... I'm not sure, to be honest. I have to get back to you on that one. All right. You get back to me. You get back to me. Flip me a text later. Yeah, done. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Mo, thanks very much for your time, brother. Uh, Welcome to the club, and I can't wait to see you in that uh, yellow and black next season, eh? 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Can't wait to get started. Uh, it's going to be good, man. It's going to be good. Uh, Mo Altay there with us. Uh, the new signing for the Wellington Phoenix ahead of the 23-24 season. When we come back here on Phoenix Nation, Sean Gill, the director of football, is going to join us. At 23 past three here on SENZ, this is uh, Phoenix Nation, the last one for the season. Thanks to Oppo, still to come, David Dome is going to join us, uh, the uh, general manager of the Phoenix. We'll talk to him about uh, the, the new leadership, I guess, on the field going forward. And uh, we'll also catch up with David Choate, who called all the games for SENZ this season. Right now, though, the director of football, Sean Gill, joins us. G'day, Sean, how are you doing? Yeah, very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Congratulations on getting that signing of Mo over the line and uh, great timing as well. It's, uh, you know, so often in the past with the Knicks, you know, you sort of had to wait uh, till maybe uh, six to eight weeks out from the season starting to know who's in the squad, but it looks like we're building already. Yeah, it's, look, it's been, a, uh, it's been a bit of a funny one, right? We sort of had a, a, a campaign we'd been going through and then we had, obviously, the announcement that Ulfi was leaving and then the announcement that Chief was going to take his, uh, you know, take over from, uh, from Ulfi. Um, and it was sort of a hard, you know, hard time to sort of try and uh, do both things in terms of, you know, keeping everyone focused on the top six and, uh, and then sort of starting to think about recruitment and planning for next year. But... Yeah, we've been sort of working away uh, in the background a little bit, and then obviously things have ramped up, uh, particularly this week with um, with with us sort of uh, going out of the competition. Uh, Mo, uh, I just had him on actually. Uh, when did he come on your radar? And maybe talk us through how scouting for the Phoenix works, because it feels like obviously you know Chiefy hasn't uh, wasn't announced that long ago. All of a sudden we've got a signing. So how does how does the uh, the scouting for the Knicks work, uh, and and how long had that been in the works for the the Mo signing? Yeah, Mo was one that uh, he came on the radar uh, probably a month for a month or so uh, go back once Chiefy was uh, announced as the coach. Um, and obviously, particularly with the Mo one, right? There's a there's a relationship there, uh, and that's always a that's always a, a, a strong assistance uh, for us in the in the recruitment of players. Uh, you know, we head coaches work with someone before and knows their skill sets and the abilities of that player. Uh, it becomes a bit of an easy process to to go through. But you know, in general terms. Um, you know, largely uh, between between a number of uh, people within the uh, football department, you know, myself, Chiefy, uh, assistant coaches, and obviously when Uffi was here, you know, we all had a network of uh, agents uh, that we that we sort of had had dealt with, uh, which covered you know most of well, all of the Australian market, and then obviously ones that we sort of work with that are that that, that are more overseas based. Uh, so we get uh, players sent to us who are coming off contract, you know, regularly, um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of emails. Um, and then, you know, obviously LinkedIn and things like that, you know, we get hundreds and hundreds of uh, agents from overseas wanting to connect and then send us players. And so, uh, and then obviously you put, put players on a list, you sort of rule them in or out as, uh, as ones to, to look further at or not look further at. And then we have, uh, you know, online platforms like Scout where we, are able to assess and analyse players, uh, all their video footage from you know all the games they've played, which has been tagged into you know certain things like passing shots, goals, defending this, that, everything else, right? And it gives us an ability then to really assess and analyse the player if we don't know that player. Um, and then you know once you get to the point where you think right, this might be the one for us, you know, then you do some background checks with with contacts around the world. You know, when you look at a visa players particularly who will know that player. 
uh, or, you know, with, with contacts within the Australian game that might know that player and, and get a feel for the personality and whether they're going to fit with the culture and, and, and that's sort of the process, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, you know, the, the way football clubs work now as a business is, uh, you know, it has changed a lot of things. It used to be that uh, everything, you know, sort of came and went through the manager who had his own network of scouts. But very much now it seems like modern football, you know, you have, a, I guess you'd say, a profile of a type of player who does a certain job that you want. And then, it, you know, the manager just kind of hears about four or five options and who uh, who's, on his, uh, who's on his training pitch is, uh, you know, a bit of a mystery to him <laughs> until he gets there sometimes. Yeah, look, I remember when I first started the job uh, 10 years ago, right, I uh, came in and I opened up one of the drawers uh, underneath my desk and there was probably 400 CD uh, uh, ROM discs, right, and that's how they used to come in the old days, right, players would, or agents would send, uh, send discs and they would have video footage, right, almost like a YouTube sort of highlight package, right, and it was, uh, it was always the good stuff. Um, but at least now, you know, with these uh, platforms like Wisecout and Instat, you know, all the all the games of players that we're particularly looking at are all online, right? And you can, as I say, you know, you can you can analyse them to death. You know, the stats are all there, uh, and also things like social media. You know, you get to get a bit of a gauge through Twitter and uh, uh, Instagram and that. You know, about about the player. You know, are they are they out on boats and you know champagne flutes there all the time? Maybe you don't look at those players. You know, so it's a uh, yeah, there's a wide range of things that go into it now, uh, and, and I think I think what we're probably starting to see too, and I, and I particularly think of the Phoenix, right? We we tend to get more of them right than we get wrong mm. than we probably did in the past, and I think across the A League, you start to see that as well. I think more often than not, we're starting to see a better quality of particularly visa player right come into the league because you have all those uh, platforms and. And, and what not to be able to properly assess the player, you know, rather than what it was maybe sort of in the early days where, you, you know, you get a disc in the post from Brazil and you think that's the right way and you, you don't even really get a chance to have a proper look and you sign off on that type of thing, you know. So it's definitely come a long way. Yeah, it has. It's, 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 it's changed a lot over the years, as, as you say. You mentioned, uh, you know, your visa players. You do have one visa spot for next season, as things stand. Uh, and, you know, obviously lost uh, half your central midfield. Uh, so a lot of conjecture about maybe it being used there. But uh, it seems that central defence is, is where you want to use that spot. Um, where are you looking and how long before do you think you, you get that player? Yeah, so, you know, obviously we've just signed Mo, uh, so that gives us Mo and Rufa uh, as sixes at the moment. Um, we, we are still in discussions with Nicholas Pennington, uh, and if we can get Nicholas across the line, you know, we feel pretty comfortable that uh, Rufa, uh, Pennington uh, and Mo uh, are A-league quality midfielders that we can go into a season with. Uh, and then I guess probably, you know, a fourth option, would, we will probably look into uh, our academy uh, there. You know, we're, we're, we're very comfortable that we have a, a, a good uh, pathway coming through the academy into the first team now and sort of see, you know, we, we always like to try and double up in positions uh, when we're putting a squad together. So, you know, the fourth one, particularly when you think about, you know, you know, two starting sixes, so having four players for that position. The fourth one we tend to think about as, you know, someone that we see a future and someone that's come through the pathway uh, and that we can look to as a as a sort of a, I guess, a bit of a project to build for, for the future. Um, 
in terms of that visa spot, you know, if we end up do then getting that that midfield that we we're, we're comfortable with, then we think probably uh, a centre back will be will be the, the the best use of that that visa spot. Yeah, interesting. All right, what, what does that mean? Do you think? For Tim Payne, uh, who's been, you know, the I guess him and Scott have been the the number one centre back pairing for most of the season. Um, I don't know about you, and, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but it, he he looks like he might have lost a little bit of toe, and I'm I'm not sure if right back's his best position. So I was thinking maybe you were going to use him more in the midfield with the loss of some of those midfielders. Um, how do you see his future at the club? Look, that'll be uh, that'll be largely down to Chief uh, and what he sees sees best fit. You know, I think there is a conversation definitely about him as a uh, as a as a right fullback for us. You know, it wasn't uh, that many seasons ago that he that he played there and was 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 outstanding there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously Cal comes in and that gives you different options. And you know, then Payne came back more inside. So, you know, we'll we'll have a look at look at some things during the preseason. Well, Chief, you'll have a look at some things during the preseason and and sort of work it out from there. But you know, potentially we could see Payne move back to a, to a right back uh, right back spot. But it might be in a bit of a different system. You know, there's all those type of uh, equations to to figure out as well. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, what about um, and I, I know you'll probably be aware of this because you released your your list of players who were who were leaving the club, and Callan Elliott uh, was one of those. And uh, I. I, I um, brought it up uh, with your media manager before you before you came on, and, and mentioned that uh, Paul Eiffel had suggested that things. His understanding is he, he's a representative for the player were different. He said he loved his time at the club and was looking to stay. Was in negotiations when an offer off uh, off the table uh, was off taken off the table. I should say he has nothing sorted now. Will seek a new club. So, I mean, that's obviously different to the message that the club have put out. What do you put that down to? Is that just a communication breakdown, a misunderstanding, and is it something that you would pursue later on? Uh, look, I, I, I don't see there any point getting into a he said she said type thing around mm-hmm. around Cullen. You know. Uh, I stand by what I've said all week. You know, we we, we put an offer to Callan, uh, well, probably two or three months ago now, um, and we thought that was a very good offer. Uh, you know, it was improved on on what he was on this year, and they had incremental steps across the three years that we had put to it. And ultimately, we never got any agreement back from Callan on that on that on those terms. Uh, you know, there were some other peripheral things that were being discussed and talked about amongst that, and and ultimately we didn't get. An agreement from Cullen on the terms, uh, and at, at, at a point you have to make the decision to move on, and, and that's what we had to do ultimately. Yeah, okay. Um, thanks for clearing that up. Uh, what about the women's side of things? And of course, we've got Paul Temple and his uh, new head coach there. Uh, I know we've got two players signed at the moment uh, for next season. Uh, how far away from you, uh, from you know, maybe announcing the re-signing of a Michaela Foster, for example? Uh, do you think we are? Yeah, so uh, obviously things have moved quite quickly in that space uh, in terms of getting Paul announced uh, as the coach. Um, I think that was done on, when was that done? Sunday morning. Uh, and then Monday, uh, Paul flew to Christchurch to go on his pro licence for this week. Uh, and then on uh, Monday next week, he flies to Argentina to take up uh, the assistant coach role with the under-20s, right? So uh, at the moment, uh, I haven't had a conversation with Paul over the last couple of days because uh, I know he's been quite busy down there. But my uh, understanding uh, is that he, well, not understanding, that the plan was that he was going to be speaking to the players uh, that were here last year about his plans and, and what he was looking uh, for. And 
whatnot, and then we'll get a fair idea out of those discussions around uh, who who I then need to go and start signing. So at the moment, we I haven't started any discussions, uh, yeah. but uh, today, tomorrow, I'll be having a conversation with Paul to, to, to see where things are at with his his, his discussions. We, we, we feel it's, it was more important that Paul had the first conversation with these players as the head coach of the team, and then we'll, we'll pick it up and take it on from there. Yeah, no, fair enough. That makes perfect sense. All right, good stuff, Gilly. Thanks very much for coming on and having a chat, mate. I really appreciate it. And uh, uh, hopefully you get to put your feet up a little bit between uh, now and uh, July when pre-season kicks in. Can't see it, but uh, <laughs> this, is the, this, is the, this is the foundation building time. So, uh, you know, we'll get our work done. And then uh, once pre-season starts, I might be able to get away for a little bit of time in the school holidays with the family. Yeah, well, good luck to that. Good luck to you on that one, mate. Go well. Perfect. Thank you very much. Have a good afternoon. You too, mate. Uh, this is Phoenix Nation. Thanks to Oppo on SCNZ. We're 25 away from four. A little bit late for news. We'll get to that when we come back. David Dome joins us. Ed. Step on, step us, step up to win. All you got to do is do It's uh, 22 away from four here on SENZ. This is Phoenix Nation. Thanks to Oppo joining us now is uh, the Wellington Phoenix GM, uh, David Dome. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, very good, Ricardo. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Uh, probably an appropriate song. And so uh, I just finished talking to Sean Gill, and I know you and he will both have a wandering eye at the moment, looking over players you can recruit for uh, for both teams uh, going through to 23-24. No, no, exactly. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. I mean, you see, we made the announcement today of Mota uh, Altay, so he's the first one we've announced. But we're also, um, you know, we've got a list of players that that both Chiefy and uh, Paul Temple and, and the AWW side will be looking at. And uh, uh, yeah, we're cracking straight into it. You know, it, it never really ends the season, to be honest. So we've gone straight from you know the semi final against Adelaide, and now we're straight into playing the game. Uh, sorry, planning for next season already. So it never really ends, but uh, it's continuous. Yeah, it is continuous. I mean, you've got a core of twelve players for the men's team, but only two for the women's team. So uh, a fair bit of work to do. Preseason uh, back in July, right? That's correct. Yeah. So the men come back one July. The women will go back slightly later. We're actually still waiting on the league to confirm the contract date for the women. Um, you know, we're sort of assuming around about the same as last year. Um, but we do, we've had the discussions internally that you know, if we can bring the women in earlier than even the contract dates, we'll look to do that. We want to have a better pre-season build-up than we've had in the past, but there's still a lot of detail about that around what we can and can't do with contracting. So we, again, we're waiting on the league to, to formalise that and, and clarify that for us, but then we'll be straight into it. Yeah, okay, mate. Uh, yeah, but but bit of work to do on that front, uh, obviously. Uh, what about the the women's team going forward, mate? Uh, I know the initial agreement for this team was for two years with uh, you know tied in with New Zealand football and the A League, and there were certain restrictions around what you could do with the squad uh, going forward from here. Does that change? Do you know yet what your parameters are? We don't know yet, although we have constantly been asking the question. Um, obviously, we want to align the the A-League W rigs with the A-League men rigs, which is you know, essentially unlimited New Zealand players and then the, the five foreign spots. That would be, that, that to, to us, makes the most sense. I don't know why they were treated any, any differently. We're relatively confident that that you know, common sense will prevail and that that will be what happens, but you just don't know until you see it in writing. 
but our planning is going to go down both pathways. So what does it look like if we can find five imports, up to five imports, and what does it look like if we're restricted and we still have to have the, the, uh, the balance of, of our squad being uh, Australian players? So we, 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 we'll, we'll look at everything, but yeah, look, I mean, what are we now? May, mid-May, you know, it, it's, it's, it's disappointing that we still don't know um, what the regulations are going to be around the women this far out, but it is what it is. We'll, like I say, we'll make plans for both contingencies. Yeah, well, the reason I asked that was because I saw, you know, Paul Temple uh, when he was unveiled as the new coach, talking about potentially a couple of import strikers, and so I was like, oh, okay, maybe they've yeah. maybe they've changed it. That, that's just Paul with uh, some wishful thinking and hoping it goes his way, right? Well, I think that's right, and, and like I say, he's planning for the, that contingency being available. So we don't oh. want to get stuck behind the eight ball when uh, uh, when actually Football Australia is not APL, so Football Australia sets the regulations for the the leagues. So if Football Australia makes that change for us, like we've been lobbying them to, and goes, yep, you can have, you know, up to your five inputs, then I mean, you're ready to go, and we've identified a few players that we'd be interested in bringing out. You've had a change of leadership for both teams um, ahead of next season. Uh, Chiefy obviously uh, was, I, I guess, an obvious candidate with the amount of time you'd spent there. Uh, what about uh, for the women's team with with Natalie? I mean, it felt like they didn't have the start they wanted, but they gradually got better over the season. I mean, how many people did you talk to about that role before you announced Paul? Oh no, we we wherever possible, we want to appoint uh, internally, and that's why we were very pleased this year um, that when we talked to both Chiefy and Paul that they were both strong candidates. So we didn't feel like we had to go external. In the same way that we're developing players, we want to develop coaches. And, you know, a bit disappointed that Nat didn't want to kick on, but we're certainly not ruling out, you know, bringing Nat and or Gemma back at some stage in the future because I think they're both very, very talented coaches and we'd love to see them back at the club. Um, once they do, you know, they go away. So Gemma's on her pro licence now in Wales and, and Nat's doing some mentoring. Um, she was up in Belgium with her mentor and is now with the Ferns again and, and helping them in the World Cup. So... Both of them, once they get more experience, if they want to come back, we're certainly open to having that discussion with them. Um, but like I say, when we talked to, to Paul Temple about taking over the role, when he presented what his, his strategy would be, very, very sound. And we went, well, why would we be looking around? This is exactly what we want. This is the, the strategy we want, you know, uh, bringing through our you know, players from the academy into the first team, potentially looking to strengthen with a few import spots looking to play this kind of football, working with the resources that he's got. It just, you know, ticked every box, to be honest. So we didn't feel any need to go outside. And that was, that was true of Chiefy as well when we when we talked to Chiefy. Both very, very sound and very, very strong in their, in their presentations and what they wanted to do. So didn't feel like we needed to go out any further than that. And again, it comes back to our strategy about pointing from internal. That's, we'll always look internally first before we go external. One of the things I, I, I think that was celebrated about uh, your appointment of Gemma and Nat um, in the first season was that uh, you know you, you had a women's team and you were getting women co- uh, female coaches involved and it was something that I think was used as uh, you know an example held up next to Super Rugby Alpeki and that in its first season having no female head coaches um, so it's something yeah. that you know has been seen as a strength for the for the team. Are you looking at having a female influence in there as an assistant with Paul or or creating that pathway for for female coaches from around the country somehow? Absolutely. We did look at whether we could find a female coach to replace Nat, um, just as a, you know, to, to put up against uh, Paul. But unfortunately, there's just no, there's very few female coaches in the country who are at that level that they could be considered. 
we do. We are look. We are very, very conscious of that. Let's, let's be obvious. You know, a vertebrae. We are conscious that it's a woman team. We'd, ideally, we want a woman, a female coach. But like I say, they didn't really exist within the current New Zealand setup. But we want to be part of the of that process. That's what I'm, you know. Like I say, if we can bring in more women's coaches into the academy and train them up through that 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 structure, then they'll make through. They'll come through the the ranks and, and graduate to the women's team. We do have um, some women's coaches in the academy. Katie Barrett is the head of the female program, female development program in the academy at the moment. Um, and we have uh, female physio and female uh, strength and condition coaches as well. So we are in there, and, and ideally, this is not my decision. It will now be up to Paul, who he wants to appoint as his assistant. But I would certainly hope that there would be a female um, influence within his support team. But again, that's something that Paul will look at when he gets back, and we'll have that discussion with him. And we already kind of had that discussion when you went through the process, right? Um, and he certainly very, he, he gets it as well that it's, that we want to be bringing through young New Zealand female coaches, whether they be as football coaches or strength and conditioning coaches or even in the physio space. And we think that's very important to have that balance. Indeed. All right, good stuff, Domi. Thanks very much, mate. Appreciate your time. Uh, I'll let you go and, uh, and and put your feet up for the weekend, eh? And, and thank you for your support throughout the year, Ricardo. We certainly do appreciate uh, the Phoenix Football Hour and, and, and the support that Sense gives us, the CNZ gives us throughout the season. And... Uh, it was great to have you on board this year, and we look forward to doing it all again next year. Indeed, mate. Same, so do I. So do I. Good stuff, Domi. Go well. <laughs> it is 14 away from four. When we come back, David uh, Choate joins us. He's going to give us his take on where the Phoenix are at after this season. This is Phoenix Nation on SENZ. It's coming up 10 to uh, 4 here on SENZ Phoenix Nation. Thanks to Oppo. David Choate, uh, one of our SENZ commentary team for the Phoenix season, joins us. And Chody, I apologise that we don't have more time, mate, but uh, we, he ran over with Gilly and Domi. But, uh, mate, uh, you called all these games all this year. I know Oscar Zavato won Player of the Year and he scored 15 goals, but, I mean, that aside, who do you think the most important player in the Phoenix was this season? Yeah, well, clearly Zavada got all got all the headlines, and and for good reason. He was their sort of go-to guy, so you can't really go past him. Uh, in the middle of the park, I thought uh, they they had a, a reasonable run going into Christmas, then fell apart. Um, but I would have to say that Zavada is so far, far and away, their go-to player for the season. Picked up the Player of the Year rightly. So um, there were other good cameo performances. I thought Clayton Lewis did quite well, but then got injured. Uh, Callum Elliott had his moments. Uh, finished fairly flat. So Zavada, Zavada, Zavada for me. Zavada, Zavada, Zavada indeed. Um, in terms of next season, we've got uh, well, 13 players now that they've uh, just announced this uh, new signing, uh, Mo uh, Altay. Uh, where do you think uh, you'd like to see them spend the most money, I guess? Interesting, eh? Um, goalkeeper, I think. I think it's such a crucial position and uh, losing Oli Sale's massive and that's a bit of a a tough one on uh, the, the young fellow who sits in behind. Um, but I do think that you need to have a, a seasoned keeper. Uh, that's where I'd be focusing my attention, I think, to get that sort of defensive unit established. Yeah, I think so too. There's been talk of uh, uh, burning the last um, spot, import spot, on a centre-back. What do you think that means for Tim Payne? Because for me, feels like maybe his pace is sort of on the slack a bit and he's been found out a couple of times there this season at right-back. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Laws didn't play a lot of the season and, and looked all right. They've got young Finn Sermon, who I thought two seasons ago was a, was a comer. So they've sort of 
turned away from Finn Sermon a little bit. Um, wouldn't be where I'd be going first, uh, but uh, as you say, Tim Payne would be questionable. He has played out on that right-hand side occasionally. I think he's preferred because of that lack of pace, perhaps to the central positions, because he can get exposed out wide where you come up against a pacey winger. So for me, uh, it wouldn't be the first place I'd be spending my money at centre half. Yeah, indeed. All right, good stuff, Chody. Uh, sorry we don't have more time, mate, but let's do it again uh, next season, eh? Yeah, hopefully it's another year where they hit the playoffs. Let's hope they hit it with a bit more sort of momentum this time around. Yeah. Next time. Around. Indeed. Indeed. David Choate there with us, part of the SCNZ call team for the Wellington Phoenix this season.